Okay, folks. So on today's podcast, we have Maria Alexievskaya. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. So this is going to be a very interesting episode. Uh, Maria's come to us, uh, well, from Russia originally, but today from Ottawa. So she made quite the trek to be here. And, um, and she's written, written pretty much. It's fully done. It's just being the process of being examined. A paper on um, the Canadian Reformed Churches and specifically with a focus on the educational aspect of, of our churches. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very long. It's very thorough. And we're very fascinated to, to talk to her about it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, first off, just welcome to the program, Maria. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And it's actually an honor not only to be part of your program, and I, I'm a follower of your podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, I really enjoyed And uh, I feel actually honored to have this chance to come back to the community which I have studied and to bring the fundings which... Uh, I, uh, which I have in, in my paper, in my, mm-hmm. in my, in my thesis, um, maybe some of people of the community wouldn't agree with them. Maybe some would agree with them. Uh, I consulted with several member, or members of the community on several sections to make sure that uh, it's uh, as truthful as possible. Yeah. But the chance to share what I explored and these general findings, I think it's actually great to bring it back. And especially since the community uh, has contributed uh, very generously, enormously, and I believe very honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is one of the most important things for a person who is an outside of this community. I'm not a member of any of the Reformed churches. I'm mm-hmm. coming from uh, uh, another traditional Christian church from Eastern Orthodox Church. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think it helped me to build dialogue with the members of the community. So they knew that I'm coming also from a Christian background mm-hmm. uh, and it helped to build the dialogue uh, because there wasn't a fear that I'm coming with them hypothesis or predisposition that uh, I'm questioning the existence of the mm-hmm. community, existence of the institutions such as uh, religious schools. Mm-hmm. I was coming with a very different question to analyze uh, what their schools, which have existed for so many decades, from yeah. the 1950s in Canada and from the 1970s from Ontario in particular, mm-hmm. and they stayed all these decades. Yeah, they're still there. Still going. <laughs> still there. So my question was to examine uh, what they bring to the graduates of the schools. Graduates, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, gra- graduates. Uh, what challenges the graduates have after they uh, finish the schools, after they graduate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what what's good about the schools as well? So I'm coming with this question. Uh, I think it helped the community to uh, be interested also to the, in the findings and the research itself, itself because they, still, they saw the benefit for the community itself to see the, the findings themselves. Very much. Yeah, and no, to select yeah. maybe those who they want to uh, to address some challenges, others we might disre- disregard as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they saw the value. And I would say that practically everyone, many people who were approached, they said yes. To participate in, in the in the research, those who said no, I didn't, I never heard anything negative that uh, this research is useless mm. or what the yeah. point of that. Yeah. So people were polite, uh, and uh, the engagement rate was very very high from the community. There was a lot of snowball. People were um, c- contacted their uh, friends or yeah. their relatives telling about this research, and it was interesting that I tried to protect the anonymity. Yeah. <laughs> the all the participants were supposed to be anonymous, but when I showed up for the interview and the person told me, oh, my sister called me yesterday. She also participated in your interview just two days ago. <laughs> so like, it was very fun. I'm also very happy to share, to share the findings. Yeah. Uh, and um, what another aspect of the research, and I think it's a very unique in its sense and valuable, not only I'm an outsider, and I believe that it's one of the first studies about Canadian reformed community being done by, by the outsider. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Canadian Reformed 
church and the institutions usually studied from inside. Yeah. Of course, there are a lot of uh, uh, benefits from that because you know exactly everything about your community yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you study with them, you go to kindergarten, you go to school, you go to elementary school, to secondary school, that uh, even to go maybe through, through uh, reformed uh, covenant um, uh, created reformed teachers college sure, yeah. and then maybe mm-hmm. maybe you join a business in your community and then uh, very very likely you'll uh, get married to a person from your church or from the same community even from another province still the mm-hmm. same community and yeah. it's going on and going so it's good you mm-hmm. know you think you know everything and yeah. there are so many things which I didn't know when I decided to, to study this community yeah. there's so mm-hmm. many gaps <laughs> oh, so, yeah. and those gaps are not covered in the literature uh, one of the reasons is because the community was mainly studied from the point of view of history historical revisions or theological studies, mm. like historical about their schools or uh, theological about like what is the basis of the of this community. That's but there wasn't many studies about like sociological aspects. When you look through sociological lands at the institutions and ask those kind of qualitative study questions, what are the benefits, what are the challenges? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually valuable from this point of view, being an outsider who is a little bit inside in the sense of being a Christian, yeah. <laughs> but an outsider because I didn't know how the institutions are built. So I all started from scratch, comparing Canadian Reformed Church to other Reformed Church, including to uh, Christian Reformed Church. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was incredibly beneficial just to um, kind of trying to predict what can be the future of the institutions of Canadian Reformed Church and also to see what is the difference in the mentality between those people who came at the same time to the country yes. mm-hmm. as post-war mm-hmm. uh, Dutch immigrants. Uh, and uh, as uh, uh, Mr. Hamskirk mentioned in your interview, they were very adventurous. There were people who decided to do Entrepreneurial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurial. Yeah. And this is like, this is a great point. But they were all entrepreneurial, all Dutch people who came yeah, here, yeah. not only Canadian Reformed who built the church here. Yeah, yeah. So what is this very special about Canadian Reformed people who um, preser- have preserved the identity? Yeah. Why mm-hmm. others couldn't preserve it to this extent that they could have their own institutions for so many decades. And the study, my study at least shows that they have succeeded, yeah, broadly it's... speaking. It didn't uh, prevent uh, this third, fourth uh, generation of immigrants to integrate in the society. It didn't prevent the first and, and the second as well. Yeah. Uh, even though the community is safe isolated to some degree, and they're still safe isolated to some degree, and there are mm-hmm. strict policies in terms of, of uh, enrolling the students in the school system and hiring the teachers, you need to be a member of Canadian Reformed Church or the sister churches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, you see that they're having a dialogue with outside communities, and there is more and more outward looking rather than only inward looking. Mm-hmm. So what is very special about though these particular Dutch people? Yeah, what happened? Yeah. What, what happened to them? I was very interested and I studied, decided to study this particular Dutch group, yeah. Canadian Reformed, because I found that this is uh, quite a unique case of um, long-standing immigrant community which have succeeded in integrate not like only economically but also socially uh, culturally and politically yeah we see that mm-hmm. arpa which represents several reform uh, reformed people across different churches yep. but yep. still we know that canadian reformed church and united reformed church they're one of the uh, biggest um, supporters uh, support uh, for, mm-hmm. for, the, for, the, for this for this association and um, the more i studied this this not only schools of it's institutes of the community. So you cannot mm-hmm. just divide the church uh, and theology from the school system. So you mm-hmm. need all, all that are combined to go- yeah. together, especially since the community sees the triangle 
how yes. the children being uh, being taught by the church, by parents, and by school. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a very intertwined <laughs> side, twined mm-hmm. uh, sides. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard to divide and decide what is the impact of the school on those children who uh, have gone through all right. elementary and high school, and what is the um, um, influence of their parents, about the influence of the church, uh, but. Uh, there is something special. So I think that we'll talk mm. about this, what is special about this Canadian Reform community. Yeah, and really as, cool. yes, mm. and Frederica Osterhoff, uh, she told that this is a very unique entity in Canadian mosaic. And I strongly mm. believe that even though there are only 10,000 people across Canada of Canadian Reformed, there is something special about this group. And this case study, I'm speaking, I think I'm speaking like I'm Canadian Reformed. I'm <laughs> Canadian good. Yeah, Reformed. You're doing a real good propaganda <laughs> show for the I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, yeah. maybe Canadian Reformed Church will get more people because there are some issues with enrolling more people and getting more people mm-hmm. in the in the yeah. church. But I hope that after after this interview, people would say, what is there? What's Wait. special about this community? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're very <laughs> excited to, to dive into that and to talk to you about it. And yeah, we're excited yeah. to like share your findings. I'm, I'm excited to get uh, once the paper has been reviewed to get it out and then hopefully we can share it and I'm, I'm very interested to read the whole thing because we you know we only read uh, little snippets out of it so totally uh, so ba- yeah. so basically I guess just to, to summarize here your excellent uh, uh, answer there that was uh, um, you're you're looking at the community as a whole and you're, you're looking at um, different institutions and the churches and the schools and and what makes this particular group of people um, special and unique and how they've been able to um, keep their community a community distinctive from from the rest mm-hmm. of Canada, but also still integrate into yeah. Canada. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. And uh, I think when they came here, and uh, of course, we, we know that those people who decided to create, to establish the Canadian Reformed Church, uh, they were followers of Klaus Skilder. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and it affected them to some extent to decide to, to create the church. So basically because they didn't want to join a Christian Reformed Church, since they didn't agree on certain aspects. And this was one of the reasons why they decided to create a school system, because mm-hmm. it wasn't a plan mm-hmm. originally. And um, I was very fascinated by the theory of pillarization. Mm-hmm. And I think I was torturing everybody who was, I was interviewing, talking yeah. about pillarization, because I want like something, <laughs> something very cool. People didn't know about this pillarization concept, and they thought it doesn't work, it's not relevant for our community, it's completely mm-hmm. different. Can you explain that for a second? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard about it, and then I was reading about it in your paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so basically, it's something which was... Um, uh, how this society in the Netherlands was set up from the 1860s and no, from the late uh, 19th century until the 1960s. So basically, the society was divided um, across uh, social and religious um, classes, and uh, simply again, it's simplistically talking and sure. dividing this society. Mm-hmm. It will be Cath- the Catholics, the Protestant people, uh, socialists, and liberals. Okay. And so all the institutions and different uh, political and social organizations were created around these uh, four particular groups. And mm-hmm. only the elites of these groups, the leaders of these groups, they would communicate between each other and um, cooperate and collaborate to the, to the extent it's needed to run the country. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was partially, it was uh, kind of the idea developed, uh, of course, the concept uh, emerged much later. Yeah, <laughs> but, sure. but, but the idea was developed by Van Prinsterer and then Kuiper, Abraham Kuiper was a big follower of, of uh, Van Prinsterer. And he, uh, for him, it was important concept of pluriformity and, sovere- and um, sovereignty. Uh, and he thought that it uh, would be not correct for the society to put one group, particular group, in a privileged position. 
Mm. So being a Christian, and we know that he was uh, true to Reformed tradition. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he thought that for the best of the of uh, the Dutch society, it would be good to cooperate and to learn good things from, from each other. Yeah. Not everybody support, supported this idea. Not everybody supported the idea of pluriformity of churches. Uh, but Kuiper thought, as I understand him, uh, that it's not bad to have several reformed churches so everyone would find the uh, right church for themselves. Mm, and he developed the concept of common grace, which uh, uh, class Kilder wasn't that agreed on. Uh, mm. And he said that, uh, uh, of course, uh, reformed Christianity... Uh, Netherlands Reformed Church, this is the, the true church, but uh, again, I'm not here in the position of a theologian explaining <laughs> yeah, no, 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 but yeah. this is how, how I understand, understand that. Uh, even this is the true church, and uh, this is where you, in Christianity you can get salvation, but other people who are not members of uh, our church, mm. uh, they still can have um, uh, some high morality, they can be very highly ethical people and uh, be good friends and good colleagues, yeah. <laughs> even though they won't get salvation, but, right, yeah. but they still can be good pe good people. Sure. And why not to cooperate with them to um, to achieve some common goals? Mm -hmm. yep. This is how they cooperated, for example, with the uh, Catholic political party at the time, and they reached the agreement on the 1917 law in Holland, in, in the Netherlands, so that uh, there would be equal distribution of, uh, there would be um, public, so secular basically, and the religious schools would get the unequal payment. If mm -hmm. Kuiper, even being a prime minister, only was leading his one party and trying to lobby this law, mm -hmm. he wouldn't win. But just coming together as all religious groups in the parliament, they could uh, win this law. And it's fascinating that it's still in place. Mm -hmm. So now, still today, even though we know that uh, Holland is pretty secular, but this, they have a wide diversity of uh, schools, hmm. religious and philosophical ones as well, mm -hmm. and, they're, and they're covered by the government. Interesting. So Interesting. It's, it's kind of, um, you know... The uh, legacy is yeah, still there. Yeah. 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 yeah, and fascinating. It seems like in Canada, we don't really have that, but we we do have, you know, organizations obviously like ARPA, who like, you know, we're very, like, you know, intertwined with our government and, and like very interested in working with other people, you know, at that level and stuff. To some, to some extent, and this is the interesting thing, so at Kuiper time, there weren't many other religious groups in Holland, so they were mainly Christians. Mm. So it was mm. easy for him to tell, let's cooperate and uh, build something together and lobby something together. Uh, today, when we talk about Canada or Holland, we talk about very multicultural, multi-religious societies. When right. you have very different approaches and how you see you see God and how you understand and how you like mm -hmm. mentality and behave and so on. Uh, so ARPA doesn't cooperate with other um, non-Christian groups. Right. Yeah. So it's always with different other Christian communities, but it's not with Muslim communities. And this is what I think distinguishes uh, uh, Canadian Reformed Church from Christian Reformed Church communities. While mm -hmm. Christian Reformed Church communities, they actually build dialogue with, with Muslims. Mm -hmm. They're not at the level yet that they build cooperation and they lobby something and they go to, to, together, right. but they already have built some uh, uh, missionary level initiatives. This is one thing, but there is also grassroots initiatives, for example, here in Guelph and in Ajax. Uh, in Egypt, there is United United Reformed Church initiative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, but many of them Christian Reformed, and they meet with Muslim people from from the neighborhoods or from the cities, and they try to talk to each other and to learn from each other. It's more like a dialogue about comparing what they think about like, like theological aspects, and uh, because there are some 
know, overlapping as, mm -hmm. as well. Okay. Yeah, especially um, like the political sphere, I guess, in, in the, the social sphere. So, I mean, yeah. in, in religious aspects as, as well, mm. uh, how, how, they see the, how they see the world. And actually, if you compare Islam to Calvinism, I'm sure that many readers maybe maybe listening to switch off <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now. But there are similarities, like mm -hmm. how you, you see it's so the approach, the sovereignty of God and uh, totality, yeah, Christ yes. overall. And also, if you don't compare like theology, but we compare the social political aspect, what you stand for, what is the priority for you in life? Like yeah, it's right. a, it's a pro it's pro life. It's uh, it's family comes first. It's the future of the children, mm -hmm. and you know that many Muslim. Uh, people who come in Canada, they the people private private Muslim schools, and they yes. also want the best for their children. Uh, wanting the best for the children, some of them prefer to choose a public school system, again just to have something good for them. So this right. we see correlation, like broadly speaking, with the Christian Canadian Reform community in the sense that what you want the best for your for your family. Right. Uh, but I think that reformed community from Canadian reform is not at the stage that actually to build um, and cooperate with Muslim communities mm -hmm. or even to build any dialogue and to have, uh, you know, just sit around the table and discuss. So it's not, not there yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you, so you didn't find any in your research, has ARPA not uh, coordinated with different uh, Muslim groups and, and other faith groups um, when working uh, in parliament in terms of different bills that affect a wide variety of faith communities? Like I'm thinking of that, I might get the number of the bill wrong. It might be C seven. C seven might be the mm -hmm. yeah. C seven is that's yeah, the yeah. Uh, the made one, the uh, euthanasia. Yep. And the, the other one was yeah. the counseling one. I don't know if that's C six or not. I might be getting the facts wrong. But the it's one about four seven. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's where, that's a place of six. Yes. <laughs> but um, th there was that 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 bill that uh, potentially criminalized. Um, it was the the conversion therapy. There we go. Mm -hmm. yeah. That one. Uh, I thought there was some cooperation there, but maybe I yeah. maybe I got that wrong. You could you could be right. I I, I cannot be tell that I'm an expert in all ARPA okay. involvement because yeah. ARPA is yeah. doing a, a fantastic job. <laughs> they have they they release something new every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but you're right that yes, they might cooperate on some regulations when it's possible, mm -hmm. but it's not that they actually tell that this is what we need to do on a regular basis. So it's not a regular yeah. basis Fair. activity. It's but, not really, yeah, it's not really yeah. a community. Uh, community to community communication so much yeah. as like a, a at the high level you know when they yeah. when their um, interests align on a bill let's say they sit down together yeah there's definitely no grassroots initiative <laughs> as far as i'm aware of that's like we we need yeah. to speak with muslims more yeah I mean, like, there's we, we're starting to do that a little bit in mission and stuff like that but i think it's more in a missional context of like how do we how do we reach out to these people to bring them into our church and not how do we collaborate with the local mosque to you know um, hold on, you know, push all they were a pizza party or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but pizza parties so. can be very efficient. And, you know, yeah. the mission can happen after. Mm. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but this is when I, when I, and I did another research about this uh, dialogue uh, and talked to people from Christian reform community. So they mentioned you cannot approach people as a project. So, of course, yeah. you have and you want the idea to bring them to, to your church. Which, mm -hmm. which is, can be a good idea, but you still need to treat them as human beings mm -hmm. <laughs> who maybe don't want to do it, and maybe they have uh, just to have it to do, do a dialogue and uh, build relationship yes, first, and can, can yeah. be beneficial as well. And they see that maybe uh, God leads you to, to meet this person for your own sake to learn something from this person. Sure. Mm, yeah. And this is, I think, what what Kuiper Kuiper meant about. And um, I believe that maybe not now, but Canadian Reformed community will come to the. Uh, come to the uh, step that we need to cooperate uh, because you know that Canada is becoming more and more secular mm. 
mm-hmm. to some extent. And when you disagree on some regulations and what can you do if you're a very small community, you need to cooperate with others. And if you want to cooperate, for example, on private religious schools, you can't cooperate with huge Catholic community in Ontario because they mm-hmm. get money, for, they get funding from the government. Yep. They mm-hmm. have their publicly funded schools. So it's very different. And Canadian reform community, they have private ones. So they need to cooperate with other organizations who have private schools. And I know that uh, the League of, uh, I think it's the, the League of uh, Canadian Reform School Societies, they have some mm-hmm. meetings and cooperation and dialogue with uh, representatives of uh, Jewish schools and Muslim schools. Okay. Mm, because they want to learn from each other. And, uh, you know, the future of religious schooling in Canada depends on the how strong you build your religious schooling community For sure. <laughs> to defend your, ri- your rights uh, to exist. Uh, there was an interesting case recently when um, um, the Christian Heritage Party, they supported, supported this uh, new, mo- um, new motion uh, to recognize the genocide of uh, the communities uh, in China, Muslim yeah, communities Uyghur in China, Muslims, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uyghur Muslims. And, um, and they mentioned that they're not all Muslims, but many of them are Muslims. So I think it's a huge step for the community to openly support predominantly Muslim group abroad. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Se- yeah. Seems like a natural evolution to me. Like yes. like you say, as the yeah. country gets more secular, it's going to make sense that the, the remaining religious people are going to cooperate and, and yes. come together. Yeah. And I think it's good because there is a big topic for ARPA as well, human rights, defense, and seeing that a Christian heritage party, which is uh, states itself as a, um, that they endorse Judeo-Christian heritage of yep. Canada uh, and the pro-life party. But you see a lot of social political similarities with other religious groups, not only mm. Muslims, but many, many others. And they, they come to this, um, you know, understanding, I think, and awareness that uh, it can be a good idea to defend other religious groups because sure. uh, when something happens to Canadian Reformed Church or United Reformed Church, others will also <laughs> contaminate yeah. and, and help because this is the religious rights. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense too. Like from a political sense, like many, many new immigrants to Canada are socially conservative. Yeah. Yeah. And share many of the same, uh, not not all, but some some fundamental religious values that are common to yeah. all the Abrahamic faiths. Is that so, is that? Um, I don't know if you've come across this in your research, but is that more because um, of the the growing predominance of uh, Muslim and say other faiths in in Canada with with a lot of immigration and stuff, or is it or a decline in um, maybe? the valuing of Judeo-Christian values from like that we were, you know, obviously we were founded on that, but you know, we've, the, as a culture and like in Canada, we've moved away from that. Is that, is that um, collaboration kind of a result or, or like, you know, maybe we should be more, co- more collaborating. Is that more of a result of that, that shift into a more secular world or is it, um, is it just something that, you know, we should just have always been doing? <laughs> Because yeah, we haven't really been doing it, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I think if you look at Dutch community, you can see from the beginning, uh, when they came to the country, even approaching the schools, they were different. Mm. And they had different theology behind that. So Hamstra, he has a very interesting study about this Dutch community. So he said that we can divide them into three groups. Those who decided to join public schools uh, directly, just to assimilate fully. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were those. Uh, it was broadly speaking about Dutch Dutch people. Yeah. Uh, there were those who were iso- isolation. Iso- sorry. Isolationist. Isolationist. There you go. Yeah. Right. Like uh, and those schooler. Who, yeah. Right. No, it's it's not. I think that Canadian reform schools. There were to some extent between the second and third groups between isolationist and transformative approach. Mm, okay. Because yeah. transformative, it's more I believe Christian reform church which decided to 
pretty soon like to make the schools interdenominational right. the schools, yeah. and so everybody can join them and maybe join the church, but uh, make it more open, okay. and mm -hmm. uh, then engage in the society and transform the culture of the society and make the society as Christian as possible, and, and so on. So this is Caterian ideas to be mm, involved right. in every sphere of of the life. Yeah. Uh, because it's each sphere of the society has their unique character, unique task, and Christians need to be in every sphere of the society. Mm. And looking at the Canadian Reform community broadly, uh, I would say that they weren't isolationist. For example, how they approached the po political life of Canada. And still, uh, many Canadian Reformed would uh, say that, uh, oh, you know, it's a politics, you know, there is nothing like good mm. there. It's kind of dirty mm, business. Yeah. I would just stay away from that. Right. I would just live my life. Uh, and there were very nice work of uh, words by Mark Penning, and I brought a quote with mm. me, by mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the executive director. So he said that uh, we don't always understand how our faith uh, is supposed to shape every part of our lives. We also have to get our hands dirty and apply our faith to politics and many other spheres which we may want to avoid. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is very Kuyperian vision. Mm -hmm. And he put, of course, uh, put uh, these hands dirty in uh, in the scopes because uh, ARPA yeah. doesn't do anything against uh, the Reformed theology. So they wouldn't uh, go to uh, completely against the theology. Sure. But mm -hmm. what Canadian Reformed people sometimes don't uh, don't support and when you make a compromise. Yes. But at which stage you need to make a compromise? If you live in a multicultural society where 25% of people are nuns, they're non-religious people, and you're a small, com small community, and the tra traditional Christians are still uh, not that big part of the society mm -hmm. for, for now, uh, what, what do you do? You need to take some steps to, uh, reach, the, uh, to reach the final goal. So, this, for example, we need a law. They decided they, prop yeah. they, they proposed let's at least to change the regulation on abortion in Canada to limit uh, limit it until twelve weeks. Of yeah. course, mm -hmm. this is not the final goal. This is not not their goal. Right. But they want to 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 um, uh, start from this point mm -hmm. and then to see how you can move forward. You cannot just take, like put a big goal which mm -hmm. not many people support. Yeah. And then to, to go and, and reach it. So it's, it's step by step. So many people in the reform community, they still, like some part of them, they don't support this approach. And the, this was about the schooling system. So let's isolate ourselves. Let's have a greenhouses. We have protected. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that there is a shift from this second, if we put this in three groups, uh, that Dutch people, the uh, Dutch reform people, there is a shift from the second group into third group in the mm. sense that they see that we need to transform the society. We need to participate in the society and do as much as we can to be in involved. And we see how more and more political clubs in the Canadian reform schools have been created. Uh, there are around um, uh, 14, 15 across the country and four or five in Ontario. It's, it's uh, I tell four or five, this for how interview interviews, uh, interviews, uh, uh, counted them because they're not uh, created by ARPA. They're not uh, related to ARPA directly unless they ask ARPA to, to participate in this to some extent. So mm -hmm. they're more grass, grassroots initiatives in, in the schools. They're growing. Then you have um, youth uh, garden government conference. Mm 
organized by 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 upper mm-hmm. uh and you see how many young people are there yeah it's a lot it, mm-hmm. it's a lot and they're so ambitious they have so many ideas they're so bright and i was uh, fascinated to see that uh, practically equal ratio of boys and girls there mm. and i think it's it's really it's really great to see how um female population of the community also engaged and they see themselves as being also active active part of the society mm-hmm. uh for those who decide on uh, uh for whom um Yes, who decide they can become a mom and take this role. And you know that this is one of the uh, crucial one and important and essential one for the women uh, in the view of the community. But they also see themselves as doing something else mm. uh, besides being a mom, being a, being a wife, and besides volunteering, but be very, very engaged in the society. Mm. Yeah. So I, 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 see, I see it like that. And because there is this transformation of the community toward this direction, uh, so I think that they can also be more open to cooperation, more open to dialogue, more open to engagement. And mm. um, uh, this is the dilemma between like what uh, what kind of co- political party, for example, or approach is right one. Mm-hmm. Like philosophically speaking, this is the right one. Yeah. In what when you need to take a compromise, when yeah. it's actually you can achieve something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the community is a little bit divided between this. Uh, to, yeah, to it's, it's kind of two philosophies. Yeah, yeah. Did, yeah, did you find that? Because you, I, I think uh, you mentioned you interviewed sixty-four people yes. for this for this paper. So that's pretty neat, yeah, and that was a, quite a wide variety of different people too. Yeah. Yes, um, I did. This. Even people had left the church as well, so you get kind of a bit of an outsider perspective um, from from their point of view. And then, I guess it was teachers, educators, uh, some pastors, perhaps people yeah. from ARPA. Maybe maybe just give us an idea of like who you talk to, and then what kind of general. Uh, feedback you got from those yes. people thank you for the mm-hmm. questions it's really important because when we go to the fundings you want to know like what, what are the methodology of the study mm-hmm. sure yeah. what is it based on especially since i didn't grow up in this community so i'm not part i'm not part of it yeah. uh i thought that for being an outsider i could do something else besides talking to the people inside the community and it was randomly i did i didn't know the people so for many you know for many people in the community you associate some last names with certain families and then mm-hmm. you have some associations and some histories and so on so i don't have that for me yeah. everyone everyone is is the same everyone Bikes is equal yeah. 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 <laughs> everyone is good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be an interview yeah. uh, and um so how i started and i think that uh, maybe you have you might have a question why a russian person would study a canadian reform community i was actually <laughs> i was gonna circle back to that eventually like okay maybe it's just to back up how did you find us and and what made you so intrigued by our community. Uh, so b- uh, back in Russia, I um, when I was fifteen, actually, I read the first time I read the Max Weber, um, the um, oh, I Protest- read the- Protestant, Protestant ethic and okay. uh, yep. the spirit mm-hmm. of capitalism. Yep. Uh, and I was actually very, very impressed how mm-hmm. one religious, um, uh, one, one theology, um, can affect. Uh, and shape the mentality of people and can affect the whole society in, to some extent. Mm-hmm. And we see how some society is Protestant in Europe developed, like what their history, what their political approaches, then predominantly Catholic ones. So the cultures are very different. The mentality is different and affects economics, but not only economics. It affects a mm-hmm. lot of other spheres of life as well. And I was intrigued by the figure of Jean Calvin oh, yeah. mm-hmm. as a historical figure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I started I was incredibly curious to know who his followers are. Are they as strict as him? What kind of the, what, what approaches they have? Because if we have them in the 20th century, 21st century, are they different from him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, 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 what do, they, do they do? And then uh, when you 
Google, Jean Calvin, <laughs> yeah. some followers. So accidentally, by chance, I found Abraham Kuyper. Okay. I didn't know how great he is when when I just uh, developed, <laughs> discovered him. <laughs> I became a big Always a big enough. fan. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was fascinated that he promoted this idea, and he was completely sure that uh, with modernization, uh, modernization doesn't lead to the decline of religion. It doesn't have to lead to that. Mm. So you can be politically advanced, economically advanced, uh, very open-minded, but doesn't mean that you have to stop being religious. Mm. You can be truthful to your faith and at the same time to be fully engaged, to be open to new ideas, to new perspectives, and to build something great. And then when I learned that he became a prime minister of the Netherlands, I was even more interested. What is this neo-Calvinism is and what it mm. brought to, to Holland? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was quite a fascinating trip for me, trip for me and uh, then I started discovering where this community is allocated. And Canadian Reform community has its uniqueness because they moved from the Netherlands uh, after World War II, mm -hmm. and then because they were partially isolated, so they preserved this identity, Calvinist identity, or neo-Calvinist identity, as other Dutch Reformed uh, communities which came here. Mm. So I was very curious about neo-Calvinism itself, but because it it was make it was made it was much more sense for me to be in Canada to study neo-Calvinism right. than to be in Holland. Yeah, right, right. neo-Calvinism kind of plays out in North America and in Canada and yes. America yes. much more. Yeah. Yes, it seems to have died a little bit in in. Uh, in exactly, and it was preserved yeah. here, and it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So they transfer those ideas of uh, Abraham Kuyper to Canada, and they preserve them here, and mm -hmm. they still use them. So you know that ARPA was re recreated and became so consolidated and strong from 2007, and there is portrait of Abraham, Abraham Kuyper there. So yeah. we talk about these mm -hmm. ideas living uh, today. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> follow the rabbit hole, and then yeah, she brings you right to, right to Ottawa, I guess. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And then I came, so when I came to Canada, uh, just when I was doing my master's degree and I started to do it uh, about um, neo-Calvinism in Canada and to learn about this, uh, I, of course, I had some limitations in terms of finding the literature. So I was ordering mm -hmm. some books by Amazon from um, uh, by Amazon to Russia. But again, it's not, not many books are there. Mm -hmm. uh, many, many of the studies, they've never been published. They're, for example, master's degrees or PhD degrees, and they're only kept in the libraries. Right. Yeah. Of, of community, of the community. I don't think anyone would be able to tell you where they went. <laughs> like anyone in our community hasn't gone and read those things. So I'm amazed that you've came yeah, you came and found, yeah, found you these. You need to and, go to and, some archives. You need to, to meet people. Yeah. So I came to the theological conference in Burlington. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it was very hard. My English wasn't good enough. I was like, it was quite hard to understand what was happening, but it was the chance to meet people yeah. and to learn about the community. Uh, they were incredibly, incredibly welcoming. But again, I think we, we discussed it before. Welcoming to the extent that they uh, respect your choice to study the community, that you, they're interested why you're interested in their community, mm -hmm. but they don't try to pull you directly into, into right. the community, try to make you a member of the community. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, they would, would be glad if uh, more people join the community. I think they're pretty selective in the sense maybe like good people should join the community. Yeah, faithful, <laughs> yeah. I would yes, say. Yes. Like, there's there's so, quite a process in terms of yeah, yes, becoming a member. So, so uh, but uh, it was, then I met, I came to Ottawa, the Ottawa Church, Jubilee Church, uh, mm -hmm. to be present at the service in Canadian Reformed Church. And then I met uh, Andrea Schutten. 
Okay. And he was incredibly welcoming and he gave me his card. He thought, look, we have this organization. Maybe we'll be interested. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do search. So I came back to Russia and then I opened the website of ARPA and I was, I was shocked <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about all these initiatives and uh, uh, all the stuff they promote and lobby and uh, how much success they, they have as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a small group of people but they're incredibly vocal in the public sphere and the public arena of Canada. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, and they defend not only uh, reformed uh, communities, but they also sometimes support some other. For example, in the case of the Loyola Catholic uh, uh, school, school, they supported the Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And they felt that they need to do it because they have this expertise, legal expertise, so they can be one of the interveners during the court process. Yep. And they mm-hmm. uh, wrote the motion. Uh, and actually, Loyola School didn't pay for this uh, court case, so it was covered by uh, legal side. And so I know that ARPA part, uh, also contributed. Mm-hmm. This legal side, again, coming from the idea that for the schools, they need to teach the students. And mm-hmm. for, for ARPA, they take the political and legal side of the work. Mm-hmm. This is the division between the spheres. Every sphere has their yes. own, every domain has their own tasks. And the tasks are to um, uh, follow the God's mission, to to bring the God to every 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 mm-hmm. sphere. but uh, do your own responsibilities. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. this is why Carver was against, for example, the national church. So yeah. Yeah. because it's it's over too many spheres. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the God stays over all spheres. So yeah. church is just one of the spheres. Church, church doesn't stay above other spheres. Yeah. So right. yeah. Very well, interesting. Really cool. Yeah. So like that's well, that's really fascinating how you ended up getting here to to study this. So um, getting back to the methodology, I guess I was just curious why the educational aspect of it and why not the why not study the community as a as a whole, the church and the and the politics and all that? Yeah. It would be very broad. I think it would be very broad. And even choosing one institution, I still had to study different aspects right. of the community. Yeah, clearly you got a good yeah. a good understanding of uh, of the community. So Thank um, you. I hope so. I hope yeah, so. No, yeah. <laughs> we were reading through it and I was like, away. wow, like, like yeah, yeah, that's amazing. You're up that's more true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that rings, so, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. So I guess that's that's what comes to talk about uh from talking to 64 people. Um, but yeah, why the, the schools is like, is the schools like, obviously that's kind of where like the, the youth get trained and, and, and I guess that's kind of where we can, we can teach and, and maintain that, that Calvinist, uh, and that covenant, um, community and way of thinking. But is that, is that kind of like why you, chose this the education in particular uh, actually it was, it's a good question because uh, i was uh, struggling for a while thinking what exactly i want to study about this community i want i right. knew for sure i knew i want to study this community because it wasn't given enough uh, scrupulous uh, attention by by from the scholarly point of view sure oh i thought i thought it was the other way <laughs> that you thought about education and then you decided oh this is a decent group to study no so, no, yeah. no okay. <laughs> it just hasn't been done it's, it's groundbreaking so stuff i knew exactly i want to study this community because wow. the community itself is a very interesting case study talking about mm. other immigrant communities long-standing and since there are not many scholarly studies uh secular studies or academic mm-hmm. academic studies about this community i thought it can be a very interesting way to 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 start yeah. uh, to start this uh, process and yeah, then yeah. i hope that will be other studies about the community, maybe other institutions as well. Uh, so many things are written about Christian Reformed Church, but, but not mm. much about Canadian Reformed. Right. And then looking at the community, I thought uh, I wanted to study what is the evolution of the community. You need to choose one of the institutions. Sure. And I thought the school can be a very interesting one because it, it's a long-standing institution. And also it's an, it's an agent, it's a social agent which can be actually impacted, for example, by the government. 
and by yep. the state as well. Right. So when you have church, you have your theology, you have your doctrines. Nobody can come to your church and tell that you cannot do, you cannot, uh, they're they're not good ones, they're not right ones, they're not politically correct ones. Uh, you cannot do that in, in your church mm-hmm. unless uh, there is a, cases of abuse. Right. And yeah. They're, yeah. They're something something like that. Then mm. no, nobody will touch the church. What parents do with their, school, with their children at home? Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. There are no complaints. Nobody knows. Nobody comes to parents because parents still have a lot of rights in mm-hmm. the country. But when you talk about schools, this is a tricky moment. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's a question to which extent the government has to be involved in the school, to which extent the government has a right to be involved in the school. Mm-hmm. And there are so many uh, social, sociological, uh, philosophical discussions and um, uh, theological ones as well um, about the, school, the existence of religious schools, what mm-hmm. they bring to the table. Do they actually contribute to the public good of the society having the schools or they shouldn't exist at all? Okay. So there are two extremes. Those who tell that we should have religious schools and there should be no question. Every religious group has a right for their, relig- for their religious school. How sustainable mm-hmm. it is, it's a question. And who will pay for this is also a question. Yeah, right. uh, does the community have the mind? Do they have money from the government? And so on. There are other extremes. It's more liberal approach who would say that this is... Um, damaging for the people, for the, for the students. This mm. is damaging for the children. They're not exposed to diversity. They're not exposed to diverse perspectives. They don't sit at the next, at the same table with people from different religious groups and secular people. Uh, they need to be torn. And this turning happening, if your parents tell one thing and they, you hear an opposite thing at the school, you can be very, very confused. Mm-hmm. But they tell that this confusion is necessary for the uh, future benefit of this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kid as a citizen of the country has a right to get a proper education and to be exposed to all these theories and all the diversity of perspectives. The majority of the scholars, they would be in the middle, as, as mm-hmm. usually, yeah, yeah. in the middle, telling that there are both benefits and shortcomings of, religi- of religious schools, depending on the religious schools, depending, depending mm-hmm. on the community. And we can see, and I thought that it's very interesting to see the evolution of these 40 years of schooling, Canadian reform schooling in Ontario, and the evolution can show that any school or many religious schools, they would evolve, they would change, they would be more open to the outside society. Right. They would respond to the outside society. And uh, uh, this is can um, break down some stereotypes and some fears, which uh, many people in the society, they have about newly emerged religious schools. What will happen to them? Why are they so isolated? What are they doing there? We need to just to close them right now <laughs> before yeah. they do something bad. But right. this is the first stage of religious schooling. This is how they start. This is the first generation. They just, uh, the schools are just new <laughs> yeah. in the public sphere. Just give them time, give them several decades and you, you can see what's there. So those kind of studies about the uh, long-standing schooling, I believe it can benefit to the further sociological research to understand better other religious communities, mm. especially newly merged. Yeah. So would you say if, if someone from outside our circles were to read your paper, um, yeah, maybe this kind of gets into, we can get to the conclusions, I suppose, but your paper is hopefully going to help them understand, like, here's what this community is about. Here's what their schools do. Mm-hmm. And here's why, like, you should not have concerns. These people, they do a good job. 
They educate their kids. They're not some crazy religious wackos. Who's just telling what the conclusion is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but like that's well, that's, that's kind of yeah. that was the impression I got. But maybe so, yeah. like I was gonna say, ARPA's going to end up citing you in a court case sometime yeah. when when the government says, "Well, you know what? We should shut these schools down." They're going to say, "Well, what are you said?" And here it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. I mean, but that that gives you a good reason why this research is so so valuable, and you know why we're so excited to have you. So, so maybe I saw your thunder, but if we could talk about some of the conclusions and, yes. and get into that. No, I think it's it's a good it's a good point, and this is, was one of the hardest part of my of my of my research and my writing the thesis because I always kept in mind two groups of people who uh, might read and I hopefully will read the thesis. The tar- there are two target groups mm-hmm. which are a little bit too different. So mm-hmm. of course sure. there is the community, and I hope it would be uh, more even not only for Canadian reform community but for other reform communities and maybe other Christian communities who have their schools. Especially mm-hmm. private, private, yeah. private schools because yeah. we talk about Ontario, uh, and also I thought about, of course, it, it's an academic paper. It will be read by people in academia, and I hope that there will be more studies about religious schooling. Right. So they were not building stereotypes about uh, mm-hmm. very traditional Christian schools. Yeah. No, what is it like? Small traditional Christian community. There is already something. We mm. just be very careful. <laughs> there yeah. are some stereotypes around that. And when you look at mass media, Canadian mass media, national one or even local, uh, you can see uh, how very often Dutch reform communities, there is not much understanding like who are those people. And there are many different Dutch reform communities. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, some comparative study about how Dutch reform people presented, for example, mass media and uh, in um, reformed media. And you can see that in mass media, they are well they well presented as very hardworking people. Of course, very often being mentioned about uh, related to World War Two, inter- yep. veterans mm-hmm. being interviewed every year. This is, and in Hamilton, and there would be more about the missionary work and helping also homeless people and so on. But there are also very a lot of generalization. Uh, for example, now there are so many studies talking about there are many generalizations of the Muslim communities, but there are also many generalizations of the Dutch reform communities. They just mm. put all together. And I was very upset about that. Because yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of trying, trying to figure out all the structure of Dutch churches in Holland, mm-hmm. then how they moved here, what they built here, what they stand for. <laughs> and when you look at mass media and you see just, you know, the, the Dutch reformed and yeah. one newspaper wrote that there are two Dutch uh, there are two groups of people: they're Christian Reformed and ref- and Reformed. Yeah. And like what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you there, there, it down, so, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there are there are many more about that. Uh, and uh, thinking about this ac- academia, you want to present them very clearly, and so it would be uh, very well understood who are they, what they stand for. So it's a very uh, it's a church with a long history. You can look that it was created in 1950, but this is not what theology goes back to the 16th century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah. To, to Calvinism, and then you go through this all these uh, changes in, in Dutch theology and so on. So, so it's a long history. And um, for me, it was so so important. I tried to touch on very hot topics, for example, sex education in my, in mm. my thesis. But talking about this topic all the time when I was writing, I was thinking whether I'm truthful to myself as a, as a sociologist. Do I present, uh, unveil all my findings or I try to hide some findings? Mm. So I wanted to put everything on the table, not to present the community only as a, as a very, very good ones with no shortcomings. Everything just uh, goes smoothly mm. because I wouldn't be true to the research for the point of doing research if you mm. if you lie in, in, in yeah, your findings. Sure, yeah. You want to put the truth. But at the same time, you always need to keep in mind talking about traditional community, traditional religious community, how it will be read by a person who has no idea 
about mm. traditional Christianity. What sure. kind of ideas they might have in their mind about those? Yeah, that's a hard yeah. line to walk. Yes, especially <laughs> if you didn't study religious communities, if you didn't, uh, you don't know much about Dutch immigrants or reform mm-hmm. people, and then you look at mass media. So it's very can be very misleading. Mm-hmm. So I had to add much more information that I would do if, for example, talk writing just for Canadian Reform Church because everybody knows what's what is what is there. Right. And why you have this particular approach. I need to compare the approaches, for example, to sex education to other religious communities outside mm. Christian spectrum. Okay. Yeah. So why they look at this? For example, take sex education. So um, Muslim communities, they would have very similar approach to sex education in sense that they want to have it in the school. Nobody says that you, don't, you, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have it. Yep. But it's about what kind of values stand behind this education. Mm-hmm. What is the message being used to teach this education and at which grade. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very similar. Uh, and I tried to put it to compare to, to different religious groups, not just to this is the, what Christians think. Right. Um, then also talking about, again, I think sex education was one of the hardest part, part of the mm-hmm. thesis. Sure. Uh, comparing, okay, this is uh, this, uh, in Canada, reform communities. Let's look at other Christian communities. Let's look at Catholic Church, or let's look at the Eastern Orthodox Church. They had a very similar approach. So it's not just this one community. So I wanted to make sure that this, this uh, research is not being read, that this community has a very I don't know, narrow, narrow-minded approach to this particular topic. Mm. No, it's not only about them. Look at other religious communities. They have very similar approach. And this is the, and I had to refer to, uh, to scripture sometimes just because I need to explain why they stand for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. So it was uh, even the study is about the schools is much more broader because yeah, you need yeah. to you need to explain a lot of a lot of things. When I go to the conference and when I present my study, I need to give a lot of context. You cannot just jump into the into the schooling system sure. without talking about who are those people, when they came to the country, why they have those institutes. Then you need to explain mm-hmm. that I'm not Dutch because I speak with an accent. People think that I look Dutch enough. So there are a, lo- a lot of context. So half of the conversation is about who are those Dutch people, why I'm not Dutch, why I'm also with them. Yeah. Russians <laughs> and- are the new Dutch people. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And then uh, jump- jumping into that. So this was uh, one, of the- one of the challenges. Yeah. And uh, talking about you, it, it's a good topic about methodology and uh, whom I interviewed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right, so yeah. Um, I went to several conferences, like theological ones, as at Burlington. Uh, I attended several um, conferences created by ARPA, God and Governance, and uh, for the youth, yep. um, some some events. So I tried to kind of uh, recruit people for interviews there yep. to meet people, and there was a lot of snowballing. So they would recommend artists and others. I was trying to uh, have a specific portrait of the people who can be interviewed. I wanted to have a very diverse uh, socioeconomic representation of the community, just mm. to make sure that uh, uh, even when I interview all of this diversity of people, the results would be uh, similar to the extent that uh, this is the average vision. This is, you know, this is what what's happening there, uh, and that to to reach the situation point when there is just a repetition of the same ideas, a repetition of the same uh, thoughts uh, or like, stories. Uh, That's why I had to do the 64 interviews and, uh, until I reached the situation point, because the more people I interviewed, the more things I learned, the more right. different things I learned. So this is not the, not the point when I need to stop. Yes, and to discover more and more and more things. Uh, and I thought that focusing on, on schooling system. So, of course, I interviewed graduates of the schools yep. uh, of different decades uh, from the 80s until uh, uh, 2010s. And how long have you been doing this study? Uh, so I started, I started the study 
if roll back to my master's degree in Russia, it would be 2013, 12, 2013 oh, wow. when I started okay. studying the community. So it's more basically about uh, Abraham Kuyper and just understanding the historical background of the community. And then I started my thesis in 2014. But, you know, it's a long process when you uh, prepare your proposal and you develop the literature review. So, yes, so it's the seventh year of my wow. research. Wow. <laughs> seven years, yeah. Well, that's a good number to be, to be on for your, for your thesis. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. so it's, it's quite, quite a long time. And I thought that when you, uh, the gradients of this uh, all four decades, yeah. and when I talk about them, it's it's in decades. So in the thesis, it's uh, reflected this is the gradient of this decade. It's never a year mm, yeah, because right. the community is so... <laughs> to keep so, that anonymity, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's very hard. So I yeah. need to work actually on, on anonymity. What is that? Except I haven't just uh, a number for, for, mm, the, for, uh, okay. for the interviews. Yeah. Yeah, right. But also I need to hide the the, decade, the the year when they graduated. Because it's very easy. You have two, you know, yeah. high, two, two high schools in Ontario. It's very mm. easy to figure out who, who is yeah, who, yeah, sure, yeah. Who is yeah, when I read through that methodology and, and specifically the the anonymity part of it, I was so surprised at the, the lengths. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I guess you'd have to take that measure to to make sure because, our, you know, it's so interconnected. It's so small. And, oh, and, yeah, it's, 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 it's very, very small. Yeah, yes, it's, very, so. it's very interconnected. And then when I reread my thesis, I realized that actually if you put some quotes together, there will be some narrative. Mm -hmm. And from this narrative, you can actually figure out who the person is. Mm. So actually several <laughs> people have several numbers right well, just to confuse it yeah, yeah. that's smart though yeah, yeah. so you, you cannot and for example not always i would say the principal i would say teacher because the mm. principal can be teacher as well if you say the mm. principal okay you have 15 schools yeah. now yeah. 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 who this person who betrayed the community and i you know i felt that it was incredibly important in terms of confidentiality because there was even one person who uh, I came to the event and he came to me and he asked, I heard you doing this study. I said like, yes. And uh, he was just for, for a day in the city. I want to be interviewed. So, like, it was the, the only one time when the person asked for being interviewed, usually me yeah, going right. up to people looking for the, for those who want to contribute <laughs> their time. Yeah. So like, okay. So we met, I think at 8 a.m. in the morning for the interview because he had a train. Sure. And he wanted to share something which he tried to share with the community for a while, but he wasn't heard mm, okay. uh, or wasn't heard enough. So he wanted this to be the, in the study. And mm. again, this is not what the community presents. This is what one of the members of the community shared this, for example, anecdote of this, this story. Mm -hmm. It's not funny because this is not the conclusion about the community. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just one, one person, but it was important for him to be, to be heard. And there are several people who shared that they, you know, in the family, some people are more progressive. They incline mm -hmm. to some more progressive ideas, like in, in, in the in the framework of Canadian mm -hmm. Reformed Church, but yeah. still some are more conservative. And it's not always when spouses feel comfortable actually to share mm. where they're inclined. Right, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and they share this for the research. For the person who's an outside of the community, yeah. <laughs> for me, it, it's it's fine if they're more progressive. Yeah, they feel free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they felt the value that they wanted to be heard because they didn't feel comfortable to share within such a small community. Mm, and yes. for people, it's so important to have this. Um, they they actually afraid to be like to leave to leave the community or to be asked to, to leave the community. Yeah. So oh, they're sometimes, yeah. Oh, yeah, sometimes they're uh, afraid to speak out about mm. certain certain issues or certain aspect they want to improve. Mm -hmm. So I don't. I cannot uh, tell that. I cannot say that there were many issues and many red flags and this is like something something bad, bad happened. There wasn't. There wasn't like that. There was some. Certain aspects, for example, how people want to have more inclusive sexual education, how they want to have the school more 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 comprehensive sexual education and mm -hmm. more inclusive schools and more 
uh, perspectives being presented, some, something, something, sure. something, mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. And to have this diversity of perspectives, you cannot just interview people who are members of the church. You want to uh, interview people who are experts in this topic, uh, but not only who are right now members of the church. Right. So I found some people who left the church, and mainly because of the the question of the gender identity, and they couldn't be part of the church. So they left uh, the school, and the, many of them they actually graduated the school, but they just left the church after. Mm. So they're former members of the community, but they still went through the school system. Right. Uh, and uh, for me, it was uh, fascinating actually to hear that neither of them said anything uh, like s- said much bad about the school. So their presentation of the schooling system was very uh, nuanced. Mm. So they didn't tell this is bad. Everything is bad. Yes, they they couldn't be part of the community anymore. Right. Uh, but uh, they saw the value of the community and they saw the value of the schooling system as well. Yeah. They, for example, some of them, they love the community, but they still felt this Calvinist spirit in them. They tell, I have this hard working ethic and I know where it's coming from. Yeah. And they tell that I write really very well in English. I know because the academically, the school was, was incredibly strong. Yes. And mm-hmm. we're talking about the school from the last 20 years, not the first 20 years, but mainly, mainly the last 10, 20, 20 right. years became very, very strong academically. So, and actually talking to former members of the community who left the church, who have some maybe tensions also with the uh, current members of the, mm. of the church, but they tell very positively about the schooling system. So it says something about the schooling system itself. Mm. Yeah. You cannot change the theology the schooling system is based on, but you can change the approaches, how the schooling, the teachers are open to share different perspectives, how they're open to raise some complex questions and address them in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Right. So this yeah. was former members. And also talking about the sense of the community, the fact that there are some blogs uh, of former Christians, but also there are blogs of former members of Canadian Reformed Church. Mm-hmm. So people leave the church, they disagree with this, they don't want to be part of that, but they miss this, this feeling of this community. Right. They cannot replace it by another Christian community they would agree more with. Right. So there is something very something very special about the Canadian Reformed Church and Canadian Reformed community. This yes, it's partially isolated, uh, it's kind of a little bit greenhouse, but it gives you some feelings of permanent support and you know everybody, like it's yeah. a true community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to ask you about that actually, because um on that idea of, of um becoming more yeah, ethnically ethnically diverse and diversity of opinions as well and that sort of thing too. Um, there's an interesting quote actually from your study so I'll just read it here and then get your your response to it It says a strong identification with Canada as a homeland was also one of the reasons why the Federation of Canadian Reformed Churches does not have a reference to Dutch descent in its title moreover since the start in 1950 the CanRC has promoted the idea of an inclusive and ethnically diverse church in practice it has stayed ethnically homogenous so that's a very interesting statement right there Mm -hmm. so and that kind of, at least personally, that rings true to me as well. I've never found it uh, to be in, in talking to some people from different backgrounds in our churches. Their experiences, it's not like it isn't unwelcome, or it's yeah, not like it's, it is it's not an exclusive thing. Yeah, it just happens. It just to, happens to be. It just kind of as a natural progression. Like I would say, we're slowly <laughs> diversifying in terms of different ethnicities, um, and, and probably diversity of opinion as well, as reflected by like you know, platforms like this springing up and more and more people living in, in different areas and, and different mm-hmm. opinions being shared also with the advent of social media and blogs and that mm-hmm. sort of thing too. Um, but yeah, maybe explain why you, why you wrote that, why you came to that kind of conclusion. Yeah. Thank you for the question. And uh, this is uh, actually 
uh, when I came to the study, so I was uh, I was write, reading a lot about Dutch immigration, and I was sure that uh, Dutch ethnicity will be a big part of my research, and uh, uh, I will ask everybody about their Dutch roots, and everybody will talk about the, I don't know, Dutch food and Dutch theology, and this mm-hmm. is like will be a part of the conversation. Yeah, 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 this is what I was coming from, and this yeah. is what people outside the community think. They still name the community Dutch. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny. Yeah. Yes, and it's not only what I read in the books. I was at the university. I talked to one of the professor, and I mentioned that I'm studying some schools, one of them in Fergus. They're like, oh, I know those Dutch people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's, 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 still, it's still there, but the community don't associate themselves with, with Dutch. So Dutch ethnicity is not the key identity they have. Mm-hmm. The key identity is to be reformed, a reformed yeah. Christian person. So what happened is when they moved here, they created the church, and in the church, they, uh, the community promotes the idea that you need to be... Uh, to find a spouse, to have a spouse, if you have a spouse, so the spouse should be on the same theological ground as you. So you need to share all the aspects of theology. How you do it? You just find a spouse um, in the church, not only in the church, in schools as well. You have all these institutions. You're just, you can from cradle to grave, you can spend all your time in your community. Mm-hmm. You can be perfect. So this, uh, this what leads to the situation that you still have Dutch names. Mm-hmm. All pastors have Dutch names. Then you come to Guido the Brest school. You look at the graduates of the schools. They are all white with Dutch names. You know, some mm-hmm. such names, they repeat each other because, you know, oh, it's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, Teachers like, oh, we've seen this guy before. Yeah. Yeah, this, so, this is what happens. But uh, it happened not because the community wanted to preserve their ethnicity. Yeah. It wasn't the priority. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they immigrated here and they tried to assimilate as soon as possible in terms of uh, integration in the society, economical ones. Uh, so they learned the English so quickly. They switched the services in the English language, mm-hmm. which was uh, very unique and they were integrated. The individuals, on the individual level, uh, people also wanted to speak only English at home. So they might have spo- spoken a Dutch to the, between the spouses, the first generation of immigrants, but they spoke only English to their children. Right, and this uh, shows that this is, was the idea to be to become Canadian. You ask current members of uh, of the community, um, current members of the community, uh, uh, oh, how they yes, identify yes. themselves with the nationality speaking. Mm-hmm. They would never say Dutch. They would say I'm Canadian. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then like, I was about you know your Dutch name and so on. Okay, so I can say I'm a Canadian with Dutch roots. Yes, we have Dutch roots. We have Dutch roots, but it's not something that comes first. In mind, yeah, right. uh, and there is a lot of about. It's a lot about symbolic ethnicity, but people, of course, you then you remember. Okay, I have my, my Dutch name. You cannot forget that you you have some Dutch Dutch roots. You you see yeah. your name yeah. <laughs> every yeah. every day, uh, and you see other people with Dutch name. Then you can uh, dig uh, dig d- deeply and to see that people still read Dutch books to their children. But again, only at home. It's not that schools would uh, refer to Dutch mm-hmm. history. There is not much Dutchness no. in in, no. in the schools, okay. but there is Dutchness. Dutchness still there in the air, in the sense that the theology, you refer to Dutch theology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, People like eating... um, uh, Drumbies? Those little licorices? Yeah, olibolin. See, besides that, like the... There's just a few few of the little things of food and stuff. But if you asked, like... um, yeah, I mean, if if you asked what the Netherlands is like, like I would have no idea. Like, right, but I would identify as, as you know, like yeah, we're Dutch, but yeah, I wouldn't be able to tell you the first thing about Holland. Like, 
I don't know. I don't know what it was like four generations ago and, you know, what my grandparents and great grandparents, like what that was like. Well, so was, but if someone funny. stopped you on the street and asked you where you're from, you're like, oh, like I'm Canadian or something. Yeah. Or like if you're traveling Dutch abroad. Canadian, yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, I, would, say I, Dutch I would just say Canadian. Say Canadian yeah. But then, you know, when pushed like into, exactly. <laughs> into exactly a box like in the church or whatever. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm a Dutch. Yeah. Dutch. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. yeah but there yeah, is. Which is interesting. Yeah. It's true. And uh, people actually see that the Netherlands move so far away from the original uh, mm-hmm. this reform tradition so they don't want to go back and there was no ever question to go back it was always a ticket one way mm-hmm. when Dutch immigrants were coming here they were sure that this is for their best this is their yeah. mission to uh, to make Canada better and make it Christian um, much more Christian nation and the Dutchness is more again on this uh, symbolic level what you eat sometimes how the house of your grandparents might be decorated yeah, right. uh, the exchange <laughs> programs with Holland but I see there is more vision, more vision that people are too different and there were some mm. cases in schools when there were exchange students coming from Holland and they sang some songs that they thought appropriate but they're completely inappropriate for Canadian reform schools so there were, right. and students also can see whether those reformed so when mm-hmm. you have exchange, you also need to to be to make sure that uh, you learn something good from those Dutch, yeah, right, right. from those new Dutch people. <laughs> yeah. So this old Dutchness is very different again because the community moved here and it was a consolidated uh, consolidated religious identity here, mm. and the community was homogeneous. There was such a high level of endogamy, which helped them to preserve the ethnicity. And usually, the studies uh, are the, uh, some studies say that the stronger the religious identities, the less the ethnic identity is a priority. Right. So it goes on, on the on the on the background. This is not the key, but just mm-hmm. because how the community isolated and uh, preserved itself in terms of religion, Dutchness was there because they were they were from Holland originally. Right. Sure. So are there other groups that that you came across that were similar in in um, in that they they isolated like like the Canadian Reformed Church did, um, or is it that most groups like uh, like the CRC or the the Christian Reformed group that they, they kind of integrated a little bit more. Yeah, maybe compare those two, because I'm curious, because their school system is, is a lot different than ours, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, so of course, if you're talking about interdenominational Christian Reformed Church schools, so this will be a very transformative approach. And so they would integrate more, they would be having more different Christian, de- uh, people of different Christian denominations in their schools, as mm-hmm. teachers, as students especially. Um, but they still have the Dutchness there too. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it, yeah. It's still there, so it's. I think it's changing. So I'm not a big expert in Christian Reformed Church, yeah. just mm-hmm. in some some aspects. Uh, but uh, in back several years, like in 1980, there was uh, an article in the Christian Reformed uh, magazine saying that it's time to burn and wooden sh- wooden shoes. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's time to move from Dutchness. That's yeah, that's radical. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, So yeah. Right. this was was that time. I think I think they. They changed over the yeah. years because they do a lot of missionary work. They have more and more different people in the in their church. Yeah. So they got, so, got rid mm. of the Dutchness because this was the motto of 1980. Mm. So they, they moved. So it was a very intentional decision to to, to do away with that. Eh? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. it was very very intentional. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so like I think what the intention is 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 a little bit growing in in the Canadian Reform Circle, but it's not that you know it's like everyone was on board with dispensing of of you know heritage like we don't see the i don't think we see the need to to just do away with the, you well, to, know, to your point because it, it i don't think most people see it as super fundamental like per, perhaps yeah. like like yeah, i so i would exactly. be third generation i guess but like my, my grandparents would definitely consider themselves like dutch canadian if not dutch fully but you know like that's as generations go on that that just changes so yeah i, I mean there's a lot of people uh our parents age who 
still still speak a bunch of Dutch or like we're still like I, I very can, I can tell you like a Dutch no I, exactly I right. so yeah. but no I yeah I think that's a great point that you know as the as the your your heritage your your physical I guess your you know country of origin that just kind of like fades away as your religious convictions are you know kind of driving the community so but at the same time uh some people talked about when you when I put them like um to the corner and then like, talk about your Dutchness, push the corner, you push talk about Dutchness because for me it was important. I'm writing a section about Dutchness. Yeah, <laughs> you have right. to talk about your Dutchness. Yeah. Uh, actually, and uh, when you ask them, like, what about Dutchness, some of them thought, said that they think that it's actually a shortcoming of the community hmm. because it's seen from outside also is too Dutch. People come to the church, it's too Dutch. Not yeah. Nobody speaks Dutch or you talk about the Netherlands or something like Dutch-Dutch, but still they feel that it's very endo- uh, homogeneous. Mm-hmm. So for others, it's hard to be engaged in this, hard to be hard to be part of them. Right. And so we can see on the level of the third and fourth generation of people, some of them, they move to other Christian churches, some mm-hmm. reformed yeah, churches, it, yeah. some uh, different, different ones. So one of the reasons is because they find it's, too homogeneous and it's very hard for example if they found a spouse and from another church hmm. they moved to that church of their spouse which they feel more inclusive rather than this church right and i think they might be mistaken telling that this is because of the dutchness i think it's this um the mentality of the community itself is incredibly homogeneous it's not about the the ethnic identity it's about mm. that if you see if you grow up with the same people you go to the same school you have in the same live in the same neighborhood all the time hanging out with the same people it's hard to make somebody included into into, into this right it's very interconnected yes, yeah. Yes. yeah so is yeah. that is that is it fair to say that that's that's not really a, a dutch thing so much as it is like the the traditions that kind of grew out of that is now something that we associate with our church specifically or our community specifically like that you know like the way we even go about doing church like you know i mean you went to a a care reform service like it's it's different than than say you go to a different service so is that is that aspect of like the tradition like is that more tied to the the religious um tradition or is it more tied to like the the dutch um yeah some of the tradition something there is something that a little bit Dutch. For example, having two services per Sunday. Sure, this yeah. is a Dutch Dutch tradition. Uh, for example, reading Bible during the uh, at the meal. Meal time. Meal time. Mm. Is that a Dutch thing? Yeah. So it's coming from the 17th century. It's, it was coming from from from, that's, from Dutch that, Dutch reform. It's not like broadly Protestant or anything like. No, but Scots this was or... another, for for at least for Dutch reform, this was very very common. Oh, interesting. Not for all Protestant tradition is common. Maybe right. some people do it, some other communities do it, but for that for Dutch people, yes, it, it was it was a thing. Mm-hmm. At least like what I read in like historical books about what, sure, what yeah. is that Dutchness reformed. So it, it's still there, but this is not not, not the key. And just uh, talking about uh, coming back maybe to the methodology to those people who were who were who were involved. Yeah. Um, many of them were Dutch with that with, with Dutch names. Yeah. <laughs> Again, they were former members of the community. They were current members of the community. Um, I didn't interview any pastors because uh, it wasn't. Um, no, no, I did some some. So, yeah, so like, you'll be able to tell by yeah. their number that they were attached. <laughs> no, um, there were uh, some pastors, but not only from Canadian Reformed Church, from mm. other churches as well, just right, to okay. see perspective. Um, and I think that this is also uh, shows that community sometimes is very self-isolated in the sense that many other Reformed communities don't know what Canadian Reformed people do in their schools, what Canadian Reformed people do in their churches. Yeah. Uh, and, um, for example, uh, 
people from Christian Reformed Church would say, oh, we know why those uh, folks have their school system, because they wanted to isolate, they think that they're the best ones, they still think so. Yeah, they... there's a bit of a stereotype there. Right? Yes, yeah. so this is what they always paint us as black ones, as bad ones, and they're good ones. Hmm. Uh, and then I shared with them, oh, by the way, you know, this is what my findings. And and they were so surprised how the schooling system has uh, changed uh, in the Canadian reform community, but they have never heard about that. Mm, yeah. I always find it's very funny why it's me who is not reformed, telling to sure. Christian reform church, <laughs> telling about other Dutch reformed people, what they do yeah. in the community while you live in, in, the, in the same area. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, in, uh, there's not much connection between the communities and a lot of like all the stereotypes, something like yeah. habits which right. have been living through the generation and some stereotypes and uh, ideas. Yeah, there's kind of a, very, yeah. there's yeah. kind of a live and let live approach in terms of like the CANRC and the CRC. Like we both know we're different. Yeah. Everyone knows what the differences are. They're, they're more of a, a liberal church, you might say, and then we're more of a, on the conservative or, you know, the, the argument would be more scripturally sound at the, the CANRC view, but did you, yeah, we kind of just leave each other alone and there's not really much cross-pollination yeah, like there. Yeah. Like historically we've just been like separated. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, but I'm, I'm excited so like your paper can come out and then, that you know like an outsider's perspective is like you have a lot of credibility because you don't have a there's no like there's no reason for you to come to a conclusion so <laughs> you come to a conclusion that you come to because of the 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 research so it, it seems like on the one hand like the, uh, the strength of our community is that like the, the homogeneity provides a sense of like a comforting and and kind of a warm community sense which people mm. you like if you're inside but you know if you if you're growing up you're like trying to find a spouse and sometimes you can feel claustrophobic or whatever or or if if uh, you're coming from the outside to get into it it's it's kind of yeah there's a there's a layer of just like a community knowledge that you kind of have to pick up over time too yeah. so that it's it's kind of a simultaneously a strength and a weakness did you find other um strengths and weaknesses like kind of those uh, sort of yeah. parallels in your so, study so i think this is one of the big ones when talking about the school schooling system uh if you just as others in the classroom if you're good enough, bad enough, and uh, you're not different from others, you mm. don't have problems. You like your community, you have no problems with the peers. But if you have some slight differences, and if somebody make any assumptions about, for example, your gender identity, then sure. you might be in trouble. Mm. Or if you really question your gender identity, then you can begin in trouble. Um, what I heard about, the, for example, Guido Dobre, that they have the um, environment of caring. So actually the schooling evolves in the sense that they try to address and help to their students, mm -hmm. whatever, yeah. whatever struggle they face with. And again, to question gender identity doesn't, it's, it's still quite, it's still questioning, questioning process. You need to, to get some guidance, you need to get some help. But when you're inside the community, such as small ones, it's not that easy to get help. Mm -hmm. To whom you go? This is your aunt, this is your cousin. Yeah. This is, <laughs> <laughs> there is not much confidentiality yeah. <laughs> happen, yeah. happening here. So they, they have a contact with a Christian counseling, which is mm -hmm. inter, interdenominational Christian counseling. And they found it's very helpful because the students can talk about any issues whatever they, they face or struggle with, with a Christian person, but uh, not from their the, community, yeah, very, sm very small, that, very yeah. small yeah. one. And uh, it, they find it helpful. And I think that this is environment of caring for others. It's uh, emerging recently. It's not something that has been there uh, because it hasn't been always the case when people will be... Um, empathetic to everything, which mm -hmm. is not uh, uh, a norm. Right. And this is what some uh, interviewees, the members of the community, they said that we'll want just to be, you know, to do everything by rules, but we don't want to be ready for any situation when it's not uh, 
uh, you don't follow the dogma or you don't follow the rules or you you faced some challenges or maybe you made a mistake. Everybody, every every person makes mistakes, big ones, mistakes or small ones, mistakes. But how do you talk to a person, for example, who I don't know, um, went through the through abortion? If the school mm-hmm. system tells this is wrong, but you don't address the the issue if somebody goes through that, mm-hmm. what do you do with adolescent pregnancy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talk like this is this is bad, but this uh, uh, girl in uh, in high school needs needs to do talk to yeah. talk to whom. So today, for example, in one of the classes in Canadian reform schools at um, religious religious uh, studies, the uh, students students write a lot of essay, essay essays and uh, they reflect on some questions. So I think this is how they develop critical thinking. It's yeah. incredibly important. Yeah. So one of the papers, one of the questions was about how do you talk to this person who went through abortion. Mm. And I think this is this is fantastic approach in the sense that you you're prepared for the situations, for the challenging situations, rather yeah. than just leaving think that everything will be great. Every community going through some struggles, every family goes through struggles. You need to be re- ready for them. Mm. And th- I think this is this uh, approach that they're taking. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. That's super. Yeah, that's really interesting because we've we've been talking on the podcast about like we're trying to work through a lot of these narratives and like how do you how do you approach certain certain topics and. And how do we how do we deal with the um, the things that are coming at us from the world, and then like from this from a secular perspective, and then you know how do we interact with that? Because we know that you know, people in our community deal with it too. So it's uh, yeah, I think that's like that's good to hear anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's not it's not always uh, it's not always addressed. So mm-hmm. there are some positive experiences when uh, the teachers raise some questions and teachers ask uh, students to bring some, for example, newspapers and to reflect on the current situations and how would you would respond to the situation. To see this, for example, every newspaper has some political agenda. So mm-hmm. to understand better what stays behind. But on certain aspects, it's not that evolved yet. For example, uh, if somebody raises some complex questions in the classroom or some controversial questions, maybe this the teachers would address the question if they're ready, if they're actually academically ready to address mm. this very, very complex question, especially about like current uh, like agenda and like what's hot, hot topics Sexual in the society. Politics, evolutionary yeah, they, they just don't know yeah, what, 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 what to say in, in this right. in this aspects. And um, the students sometimes didn't feel comfortable to raise these topics because their peers would laugh at them and they would marginalize them. Mm-hmm. And for example, again, talking about um, queer, queer people, Mm-hmm. Uh, queer, queer identity, uh, gender identity. Uh, the teacher wouldn't go into details and telling what exactly you can do from the biblical point of view, what you cannot do. So, because mm. the community recognizes like, uh, that, uh, not not but not everyone, that you might be born with, uh, for example, uh, with be, being a gay person, yeah. mm-hmm. but you need to uh, not to practice, mm-hmm. uh, not to have any relationships. Yeah. Uh, and it's fine. So some churches, some com- some communities within Canadian Reform community, they aware of that and they talk about it. While schooling system is not always ready to address those new- right. nuances. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's obviously a struggle for a teacher, right? You know, in a classroom setting, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But not, yeah. Only, not only in Canadian Reform schools. If I was you, yeah, say, yeah, yes, you, you look at issue. you look at the studies about other schools. Yeah. Teachers just try to stay away of any kind of hot topics. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. even, topics. Even public schools, I can imagine that you know it's well. If you were to raise, you a don't con- want to. You don't want to be the guy who if like you were to raise is, a, you know, a Christian or, yeah. or a conservative point of view on on a sexual uh, oh, that, no, topic. Like that, that would you would just as much get laughed at there for mm-hmm. sure. I think. Tim, how are we doing on time? Are we? I don't know what time anymore, but we got some issues. All right. Well, we should probably yeah. We're getting close. Ten minutes. Ten minutes left. Okay. Oh really? 
Yeah, it's flying <laughs> by. Flying by. Yeah. Should we start from from start? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, go right I'm in. curious, like right, like down to the the your thesis statement was about how to get or how well um, graduates integrate into the uh, like a pluralistic society after after um, they're done schooling. So I'm I'm curious about your findings there and like you know. What what did you going forward? Yeah. 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 What's 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 your yeah? What do you think is going to happen for our community going forward? Yeah, it's it's a good question. So, given all this, uh, some shortcomings which has that community still uh, self isolated to some degree, and they still have some inward uh, thinking, uh, inward looking inside the community, volunteering just for the community, and so on. Uh, and see that not uh, not everyone is open to have dialogue with others. Uh, the schooling system, at least the schooling system, has been has evolved and changed drastically mm-hmm. in the community itself as well. So there is more outward looking. Uh, there are more perspectives being sh- uh, presented in the in the schools. For example, there are more. If it's not uh, a curricular activity, it will be extracurricular activities. Yep. Some conferences talking about complex topics to prepare the students better. Uh, also, uh, we can see the diversification of the churches as well, in the sense that you have different churches with different approaches. So take, mm. for example, the Blessings Church or Mercy Christian Church. We have the more evangelical approach, and Mercy Christian Church will uh, talk about uh, will uh, uh, target mainly unchurched people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is, you see that in the church in the church system, there is more diversity, so people can find something different for themselves. Mm. So I strongly believe that this is how schools can actually survive and um, uh, succeed, hmm. uh, then the community can find the right school for themselves. Right. Because when you look at the study, you look that uh, some people look for strong academics, but they want also diversity of perspectives. Some other people in the community, some other parents uh, want to have more traditional approaches, more traditional schooling system, more traditional teaching, and not to expose stu- students to any, for example, uh, too much sexual education because they think that uh, it will open this Pandora box and they uh, there would be an assumptions that they have any prim- um, primary relations, so on. There's a lot of dichotomy in sense of rural and the urban area. This, mm. this is a big thing for, for any country, for yeah. Canada, and for the religious community itself. Yeah. And when you have schools run by parents, when the parents decide what to do with the curriculum, what the, what the approach to take, and rural parents from rural area would have more traditional approach, um, parents from... St- um, uh, urban area will have different approach. Uh, what do we do in the situation? And it's very understandable. You compare, for example, uh, Hamilton and Fergus. When in mm-hmm. Hamilton, uh, one fifth of, the, of population are visible minorities, while in Fergus, only three percent of people are, are visible minorities. Sure. So you see, like for whom it's a priority to have dialogue and to be exposed to more perspectives. Maybe Hamilton, yes, they are more inclined to to have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I believe that the future of the schools can be can be successful if, uh, like, some issues being addressed in the sense exposing people, exposing people and preparing them better for for their uh, future life after graduation yeah. mm. so that they don't have a split of identity when they go to college or university and they're being challenged about their identity. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they need to know why they're Canadian reformed. Yeah, mm. to, to, to be able to take on the world and see like, here is my identity as a reformed Christian. But also, there are a multitude of other perspectives and other issues, and to be able mm-hmm. to deal with those in the high school. So, am I hearing you correctly? So, it, it, it'll kind of stay one high school. That's what you think, or do you think it'll split 
uh, like rural parents will make their own school and urban parents will make their own school. I still, I still, it's already there. We have Fargo School and have Guido de Bre. So there are two high schools and two different, different, different sure, areas. Yeah, yeah. So I think that maybe elementary schools also might take some similar approach to have more diversification. Right. Uh, I don't know, maybe other high schools will grow. So in Ottawa, we have only elementary school. We don't have a, a high school yet. Yep. Mm. So it might also look different. In terms of opening the school to other denominations, I don't think it will it, it will happen to to very big extent, no. or at least not for the teachers. So maybe students will be. Uh, okay, will, will be there, uh, but again, will be selected from maybe Free Reform Church, from United Reform Church. What, what, what's, what's happening? Yeah. Uh, more for closed churches, but not broadly speaking, it won't become yeah. interdenominational. Mm -hmm. Especially given that 30, 35 percent of the funding is given by not parents, but those who were parents before, or yeah, just community donation. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, uh, so yeah. it, it won't be there. Uh, so again, like it's more outward looking and uh, more perspective exposure. It's, it's happening there. The more it will be there, it needs to be bad. It needs to be bad. Balance between, yeah, balance yeah, like the rural and the urban, conservative liberal. Uh, yes, and uh, the schools, uh, they're very fundamental for um, making like people making people stay in the community in the sense that it uh, teaches the scripture, scripture very well. It's a very mm -hmm. firm foundational studies. Mm -hmm. If you go to another Christian school, it will be the same. And I believe that for the community, it's, it's incredibly important that it's, uh, students are surrounded by or taught by uh, Canadian reformed um, teachers. Mm -hmm. yep. So is there the triangle? Triangle is still there, even though ten percent of, of uh, uh, students are already in homeschooling in Canadian reformed. Mm -hmm. Oh, is that the number? Eh? So, so Interesting. It's, okay. it's, it's growing. It's growing, but uh, schools need to address. Schools need to show why they're still uh, valuable. Yeah. Yep. They need to address the issues. And since it's already the third, fourth generation of students, they become more and more Canadian. They're exposed to more culture outside you cannot um, select the books for the children anymore you cannot uh put some filters on the movies because the pop culture is everywhere and internet is everywhere as well yeah, yeah. so this changed the community uh enormously yeah. the exposure to the outside world and i think the fact that there are these ex extracurricular activities the extracurricular conferences when there is a conversation about pornography and transgender identity uh this is, this is what's happening. You just cannot uh, ignore it. Nope. But I mm -hmm. think it's a transformative step for the community. Uh, accepting what's happening outside, uh, being aware of what's happening outside, and addressing those issues. And seeing mm -hmm. this huge evolution, evolution of the school system from being completely isolated, uh, ignoring many aspects of the society, just focusing on something positive and uh, trying to build the community, going very, very... Uh, broadly, making diverse approaches and making diverse even churches. Sure. Like mm. blessings approach would be different from from uh, I don't know Cornerstone yeah. Church. Schooling is also different. You have different curriculum, but they also try to standardize the curriculum. This mm. is the goal of the League of the Canadian uh, Canadian Reformed uh, Schools uh, mm. Societies. Yep. They want to be aware of what the materials teachers use, so they try to make the academic level like higher, basis, yeah. and they want to make sure that in rural area and urban area they taught more or less based on the on the similar materials in the mm -hmm. sense that students will be exposed to the, to the same ideas and taught uh, taught properly to be better prepared for the secular world, given yep. that, that so many, the majority of the students go to university and college. So you go to, yeah. to yeah. a secondary. So I have, uh, this is... Uh, my findings, yeah. and uh, I uh, I hope to continue studying, actually, to be honest. Sure, the cool, yeah. I have some other thoughts of what uh, I couldn't include in the thesis because it's outside the schooling system. Right. But I think there wow, are many, 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 many topics. Awesome. <laughs> I think it's going to be so well appreciated. I Just reading through it, it's it seems like such a fair assessment. And, you know, hopefully everyone can hear that this is like, 
you know, you could be part of our church and, and no one would have any idea. <laughs> yeah, no one blink, uh, blink twice. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, uh, other than the name and the accent, it's, you know, you're pretty much there. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So. yeah, it's super cool just to, just to see, yeah, your perspective on, on our schools and then where they're going. And yeah, it's, it seems like kind of a balance of, you know, diversifying the views without, you know, without compromising mm-hmm. on the fundamental values and trying to, like you said, trying to get the curriculum, you know, the similar across the board and, and to, to keep the foundations there, but also recognize, you know, we live in a changing world. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different ideas out there, lots of different people moving in, especially in, in our country too, lots of immigrants. So yes. to be able to engage with them and to to have a healthy and vibrant church community going and forward. And you brought up a lot of strengths that, you know, of our community that I just forgot about. The things that you take for granted. <laughs> yeah, like, that's probably like, true. You know, how, how we all interact and, and the things that we've you know, that have been built over the generations. Like, you know, you just kind of, as a third or fourth generation, uh, Dutch Canadian, you just kind of forget about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah, it, honestly, it's hopeful. Yeah. It's, it's good to hear. And, and mm-hmm. you know, like there's definitely differences within the community and, and how to take different approaches on, on education and church matters. But I think, yeah, if we can not to sound too cliche, but you know, hold on to the foundations, but mm. go forward and in, in some unity and accept some different approaches. It's, I think things look okay, honestly. Yeah. It's not terrible. So, hmm. Yeah, we're almost at a time, I guess. But yeah, we, we could do this all what? day. It's so interesting. Maybe we'll just throw it back to you for one more one more time. Like, is there anything else that you, you found that you haven't mentioned yet that you thought was interesting? Like, yeah. Final takeaway. I mean, there's tons of stuff in here, but I think everyone, you know, once they get this paper, like, we should, you know, I might I might just make like, a, oh, you should get Mike uh, Hutton to record himself reading it he's a great he's got a great voice true we'll just we'll just get it up out and we'll like you know record it so people can listen to it yeah and um, remove some pieces which are not very relevant yeah, 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 yeah. that's critical take that page five six yeah. Seven, yeah. 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 chapter five was pretty critical yeah. okay take that yeah i think cool. one, one of the important and i strongly believe this is a very important funding for academic society for people outside the community is that critical thinking skills are the key and whatever we talk about, the community was very iso- isolationist and so on. But they mm-hmm. still, uh, the teachers from the start of the s- schools, they try to develop critical thinking skills in, in their students. There are so many concerns that religious schools cannot do it, but it seems that they do. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I read a lot of um, uh, Elmer Thiessen. So he's a, uh, he's a Christian uh, philosopher of, mm-hmm. in, in Canada. So he wrote that he's not, he wrote a lot about uh, about uh, Christian education. So he mentioned that he's against indoctrination. He doesn't want students to be indoctrinated. This mm-hmm. is not the point. Yep. Because the point that they actually understand their uh, religious identity very well. They know scripture very well. They know exactly what the approach is and how they can use and apply their knowledge and their Christianity to real li- to real to life. Yeah. Uh, because uh, Christianity is not for the schooling system. Is not for thought. Is for living. For yeah, living yeah. this Christianity, uh, they don't need to be indoctrinated. They need to be explained why they believe in that. So they need to have very very clear idea who they are and why they stand for that. Mm. And uh, even though some uh, interviews said that they're not. The community not always aware why they're standing for that and why we are doing that. But the fact itself that they raise this topic. Yeah. And so many of them mentioned, we don't know why we are doing that. We need to have a clear idea why we have a schooling system, what the future of the schooling system. <laughs> they read a lot of different reformed magazines. They don't only read uh, the ones mainly produced by Canadian Reformed Church. For example, many people read the different uh, uh, journals and uh, online portals by Cardos. 
Mm-hmm. They try to get yeah. a better fundamental understanding of what they do. And they reflect on the schooling system. So people provided examples. They showed very clearly, very honestly, they, know, they, they reflect. They know the experiences. They know what's good, what's bad about the schooling system. And the fact that no, nobody tried to mm-hmm. present the school intentionally or non-intentionally as a only positive experience, Mm. Uh, it showed that they have strong critical thinking skills and yeah. they see what was bad, what was wrong, how it can be uh, improved. Yeah, and I, I think the the challenge for the community and uh, just to conclude, the mm-hmm. challenge for the community and for the schooling system can be kind of um, put it as a, one of the quotes of one of my interviewees uh, who said that um, how should we change, for example, or uh, which kind of curriculum should all schools have? Should we uh, conform and should we agree with the biases which exist in the community or should we challenge them? So I think that the future of the of the schooling system will mm. will depend on that what you decide to do to mm. address the challenges that you face, but address them, to address them, to admit that there are some challenges mm. and some shortcomings. Or you just decide, okay, let's do it because this is out of habit. This is what we've been doing for decades. Let's right. stay just with that. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully we can apply yeah. our critical thinking skills yeah. and yeah. get through it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hopefully we can help in that. <laughs> so. All right. Well, this has definitely been some real talk. So yeah. we'll catch you next time, folks. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Real Talk. You can send us your feedback by emailing us at reformedrealtalk at gmail.com. You can find us on social media by looking for the handle Reformed Real Talk. You can find us online by going to realtalkpodcast.ca. We look forward to your feedback as that's what helps us grow and improve as podcasters. Real Talk is produced by myself, Lucas Holfluer, Tyler Vanderwood, and Tim Van Woodenberg. The theme music was created by Calvin Hutton. The table and cabinet behind me were made by Ethan Vanderwood of Eureka Woods. And finally, this sign in the studio was made by Zebra Signs. That's it for now, folks. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.